Before we jump into today's episode, we want to talk to you about Internet Church. Rich, what is Internet Church? Oh, it's only the best internet gathering this side of the Kailua River. Is the Kailua River a thing? Maybe we should start over. <laughs> let's let's do it again. Ask me again. <laughs> no, let's leave it in. Now no, no, let's talk about Internet Church. Uh, internet Church. Actually, it's a thing we do every other Friday night where we all gather together, uh, encourage the saints in truth. It's uplifting. It's edifying. It's just a time to gather for about an hour on a Friday night or day, depending what part of the world you're in, just to be encouraged by the saints. You you think you would like something like that? Is the Pope Catholic? Uh, you bet your sweet bippy the Pope is Catholic. And uh, Justin, Internet Church is all about gospel freedom. It's good. I'm trying to think of the follow-up question. <laughs> oh, I'm like, man, this thing is lagging. Uh, all right. If No. Absolutely love it. So if you were going to... No. What are we going for? Are we trying to be funny or are we trying to be serious? I don't know. I I mean, whatever. I, we're trying to let people know that... Oh, <laughs> I'm not as gifted as you are in this department, my friend. So join us every other Friday night, 8 o'clock Central, 6 o'clock Pacific, 9 o'clock Eastern. If you are international and want to add that to your calendar so you don't have to do all the time conversions, head on over to lovereality.org slash circles and add the Internet Church Circle to your calendar. You can't say to the Master Potter how he wants to use the clay. Mm. And how we alluded to in the last session, it wasn't as though he first made you hard. Mm. He actually poured a whole bunch of water on you, clay. If anything, you had the bigger advantage to be the clay for honorable use. All right, welcome back to The Move, where we are vibing with the book 10 minutes at a time. The next 10 minutes, we're looking at Romans chapter 9, verses 19 to 33, which is a little bit larger of a passage than we're used to covering. And it feels like a big chunk. It is. It is. But go ahead and read it. We will wait for you. Right here. Yes. And welcome back. As always, 10 minutes going on the clock, starting in 3, 2, 1. So what is it that's going on in these, this first chunk from, say, 19 to about 29? He's pulling back from this thing that we alluded to, which I think was really cool in our last episode, talking yeah. about God as the sun revealing truth to our hearts, and we can choose to be butter or clay. Mm -hmm. It's cool because Paul actually makes that argument that we are the clay, but he does so with a, a different twist. Not yeah. so much just that uh, we're the clay and we got to be soft in our hearts in order to be responding to the truth. Yeah. He makes a really interesting point in this passage, one yeah. that might make us feel uncomfortable. And what's that that you're seeing? I'm seeing specifically that God has the ability to make a vessel for dishonorable use. What does that look like? So I was pondering this, or I have pondered it in the past, and something that strikes me here is that when he makes this analogy of being a vessel that the potter is molding, he's saying, who are you, old man, to answer back to God? Will what is molded say to its molder? Why have you made me like this? Has the potter no right over the clay to make out of the same lump one vessel for one for honorable use and another for dishonorable use? And I think we get stuck on the analogy instead of the history that mm. Paul is trading in. So we say, oh. So I can come to a knowledge that I'm a sinner 
and that I have, say, an addiction or I have this besetting sin. And God, I can't get rid of it, but you promised freedom. Because you made me this way. You made, you made me, me this for way. dishonorable use. You made me for dishonorable use. That's not Paul's argument. Mm-mm. So what is his argument then? Paul's argument is saying, okay, in the history that I've been presenting through these nine chapters <laughs> and now arriving, well, yeah, nine chapters yeah, yeah. and arriving here, Israel, now because I'm highlighting that Jesus, God, has used Israel almost as a foil in order to reveal the promise that was hidden all the way back from the beginning that he intended his mercy, his grace, and salvation to come to the whole of the world, including the Gentiles, Israel then can't say, oh, how could you use us like this? Because we were beset with all sorts of trouble, and we went to Babylon, and we were exiled from our nation. And you offer now to the Gentiles the glory. Mm. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. You can't say to the master potter how he wants to use the clay. Mm. And how we alluded to in the last session, it wasn't as though he first made you hard. Mm. He actually poured a whole bunch of water on you, clay. If anything, you had the bigger advantage to be the clay for honorable use. And I think Paul says that. Mm -hmm. So to what advantage is there in being the Jew? Much to everything. There have the oracles of of God. God. So now you're going to look back at God and say, oh, you made me this way. Mm -hmm. No, no. He's in the process of revealing, and this is not news to any of us, we see the history of Israel time and time again, rejecting the very water that he's trying to wash them with. So if God in his wrath has given them over in the same way that he did with pharaoh yes giving them over to the darkness of their minds because they're unwilling to receive jesus Mm. you can't be upset at him now for using your hardness as a blessing to the gentiles so now he's using this vessel in one way in order to show mercy to the other vessel Mm. and you're saying oh that's unfair no 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 He's been so good. Mm -hmm. If anything, his unfairness has erred on the extravagance of his mercy. Mm. So that who are you to look back at the potter and say, you made me this way. (laughs) You do that sound really well. Do that one more time. (laughs) Verse 25 talks about those who were not my people, I will call my people. And so we get this we get the sense that this is not just us interpreting the verse, but this is exactly where Paul is going. He's moving towards the Gentiles. And it really starts to come to a climax in verse 30. What shall we say then? The Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have attained it. That is a righteousness that is by faith. Yeah. What is he tar- starting to talk about here? Well, he's if I hear your question correctly, he's talking about the fulfillment of the promise. Mm-hmm. That the fulfillment of the promise has come to a people that were not his people by way of a faith that Israel didn't actually even walk into and or see. Yeah, it came out of left field for them, even though it shouldn't have. It shouldn't have. And and I want to draw back actually to verse 22. Go for it. What if God desiring to show his wrath and to make known his power has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction? Much 
patience. Much patience. Who's he talking about here? He's but talking about Israel. I used to think he was talking about the Gentiles, right? No. But no, he's talking about Israel. I've patiently waited these 70 by 7 years, waiting for you to come back, waiting for you to realize that I am here seeking you yeah. as, as, as an unfaithful spouse, and I'm calling you to myself. I've endured much. I've suffered much, even the death on a cross for your sake. Exodus 19.4, right? Where... You saw what I did to Pharaoh, how I delivered you from Egypt, bore you on eagle's wings, and brought you to myself. And then the other side, the end of that, the con- I'm getting excited. <laughs> Jesus, there on the Mount of Olives, and mm-hmm. he looks over Jerusalem, and he says what? How, how long have I tried to gather you like a hen gathers her chicks, try and, to bring you to myself? And yet you wouldn't come. So now I've given you over to the hardness of your hearts, and that's how my wrath is upon you. So now you can't resent me for giving a full day's wage to the last hour worker. Mm. That's the Gentile. I've heard this saying in the past that at the end of the day, God gives every human being what they ultimately wanted. Yeah. If they truly wanted God, it's free. It's available, even if they're stumbling and falling along the way. If they truly don't, like Pharaoh, they want to say, who is God? Yeah. I am. I am. And it's that same thing we spoke about in uh, maybe an episode ago where when truth is presented to me, my pride won't allow me to receive it. Mm. And every time truth is presented, I get harder and harder so that I can't see the reality that's being presented. And Israel got harder and harder, and they couldn't even conceive of the promise via faith and ultimately god says All okay right, if okay. that's what you want yeah. that's what you get so this is what paul says verse 30 what shall we say then that the gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have attained it that is a righteousness that is by faith but that israel who pursued a law that would lead to righteousness did not succeed in reaching that law why because they did not pursue it by faith but as if it were based on works. And in pursuing it by works, what did they do? Harden their hearts. Well, they even went a step further. They stumbled over the stumbling stone in an attempt to use their works and their keeping of the law as the way to attain righteousness. They literally, in the process of on that path, tripped over righteousness itself. Wow, wow. Because they thought, well, righteousness is ours because we're chosen. Right? And they missed it. And they missed it. They missed it. So behold, I'm laying in Zion, a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. Hmm. Woo, that's heavy, man. So what's, what's the practical application here? Because I can think. What is the practical application? The fact that God is allowing all of us to approach him by faith as yeah. opposed to this working it out of our own. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's that in the seeking of doing good, which is a, is a noble pursuit that we yeah. should never trip over the chief cornerstone, that stone of stumbling, the rock of offense. The thing that hits me here for me is I'm a Christian. I'm a preacher. I travel all over the place preaching. We go together. We do things. We're actually live in the field right now in Portland, Oregon. And uh, it's a real temptation to think that, look at all these things I'm doing and my place is secure. And it's the audacity and the offense that none of this actually matters. It, well, it matters. But not in that way. It doesn't count.
count towards my righteousness. Mm -hmm. It matters, but it doesn't count towards my righteousness and that my righteousness is completely dependent on what he did, what he says, and I just have to receive and bow and lean in. That grace overcomes me so that there's nothing I can do but live in its reality. That's a dangerous place, but it's good. Yeah, it's real good. Aslan's on the move, right? That's right. Oh, man. So, yeah, that's the thing that, so I don't know where people are at, man. Like, You know, for me, it's, oh, man, I got 20 seconds. The flip side of this is, is that sometimes because I'm doing ministry, that yeah. when ministry doesn't go well, I think, oh, maybe this isn't all it's cracked up to be. Ooh. I want you to unpack that, but we got five seconds. <laughs> maybe in the next 10 guys we'll see you guys in the next episode as we begin romans chapter 10 